Hello and welcome to Hammock Stories, a podcast for people seeking inspiration while on their journey to finding identity, meaning, and community. Every week, your hosts, Tu and Chenny, will be asking an everyday hero to join us in our hammock and share their personal story of how they've arrived at themselves. Slow it down. Nothing to do, abandon the cars, map our way with the stars. Thank you for coming today, Terrence. You're welcome. Um, really, it's great because I don't, I haven't met you before today, and I'm, I've only heard about the amazing things you do. So, thank you for coming and, and joining uh, Chenny and I. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I love the hammock. <laughs> Just checking in. Do you need anything? Good. No, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hammock Stories is a podcast that Tia and I are starting, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where we want to highlight stories of everyday heroes in our communities um, and uh, give them a platform to share their stories in a way that perhaps um, isn't always available to us. Um, yeah, and, and I suppose the, the reason why we chose you as an everyday hero, Terrence, is because of your journey with caregiving and your journey with mental health and family. Um, and I think that's like, it's such, a, it's such a special story that we wanted others to hear. Thank you. Um, so for, for those of us listening, uh, Terrence... Uh, basically, he has been heavily influenced by his younger brother, who lives with Duchen. 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 Yep. Muscular dystrophy. Um, a younger cousin with Down syndrome, and also other families who've experienced mental health challenges and suicide. You're currently the head of operations of an assistive technology company. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and your brother also co-founded a nonprofit, I believe, mm-hmm. that explores um, employment uh, issues with for people with disabilities as well. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, what I, I guess what I'm curious about is yeah. uh, what what brought you to where you are now. What brought me to where I am now. I'm definitely, I would say that with all this like life experience that um, my family had to go through, it definitely influenced me to what I'm doing today. Um, It's taken a while to get there. Uh, There's a lot of like trials and tribulations I had to go through and to work through to then realize that this is the kind of uh, place I want to be. Yeah. So it's definitely a makeup of all that life experience. I'd love to learn. I hearing about your family, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of alluded to it before mm-hmm. this. Is yeah, uh, yeah let, maybe you could tell us a little more about um, kind of your childhood and growing up, and um, actually even in your family, which child were you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how you felt about having the family that you had sure. at that time. Um, so I'm the, I'm the older brother, 
Yeah. Our family, so our family's originally from Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. And we immigrated when I was about six years old. So at that time, my brother was not yet diagnosed with uh, muscular dystrophy. Even though in the family, um, two of our uncles also had the same condition too. So I guess when my brother started showing symptoms of his, his disability, that's when it like clicked in our family to say, oh, this could be the same thing that uh, my uncles also uh, lived with too. And how old were you? At that time? My brother? Uh, my brother is four years younger. Mm. So he would have been, he would have been six when he was diagnosed. And so I would have been about 10 years old at that time. Uh-uh. Yeah. So when all those things happened, uh, my brother was diagnosed. Um, at the same time, I, my parents were going through a divorce as well. So just a lot of things like uh, just accumulated in that moment of like a lot of changes was happening. Um, so yeah, I would say this like part of my life of like between like 10 and 20 mm-hmm. was uh, a challenge because of the responsibilities that I was then given to like take care of my brother. Um, and at the same time, given my mom being a single mom, uh, not really, well, she had to like focus on the key things of uh, providing for us and then also taking care of my brother, mm-hmm. um, which then like left very little time for us to bond as well. So these were like the challenges that I definitely experienced when when growing up during that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And what was your mindset at that time? <sighs> so so kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So at during that time, it was like a victim mindset, mm-hmm. like very much so. It's like, why am I responsible for this? And mm-hmm. um, it was a lot of like anger and a lot of that um, and frustration, like growing up thinking like, like, how come no one else has time for me? Um, so that was definitely a big part of sort of that decade in my life. And was there yeah. something that stood out as the first like break? Um, yeah, there was, like, because during that time um, of the anger and frustration, uh, I also experienced my own, like, uh, depression as well. And it's, I think it was uh, Eckhart Tolle that said, like, oh, when we experience a dark night of the soul, that's when, like, like clarity, like, will, will, like, come to us, right? So I think my first experience of that was in the darkest place uh, I was then able to like it was like almost like after like months of being in depression then coming out of it one day not knowing what really happened but there was like clarity in like who I was mm-hmm. um, and it was it was kind of funny because then a couple of weeks later I was speaking with my aunt in Hong Kong and she would she said to me she's like who am I talking to hmm. even so even she heard the difference in who I was. Um, so that was like the first moment of like, I guess like transformation for myself coming out of this like victim. Uh, so curious, yeah. was it a book? Was it music? Was it drawing? I don't know. No, there's no drugs. There was, yeah, yeah. I, I was Drawings? 
And, and when did this happen? Like was this this was like in high school. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. Like I couldn't pinpoint any particular thing because right. I was just in a state of like darkness, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do to get out of it. So it just it just happened. Like I didn't seek out anything. Yeah. So that was the first. Sounds like a letting go of something. Yeah, I guess like once once I hit rock bottom, like. Nowhere to go. Yeah, there's there nowhere to go. Like, I couldn't <laughs> dig any deeper. And then something just switched in in me that, like, allowed me to have some clarity of, like, who I am truly in that in that moment. So yeah. how, I'm, I'm curious, can you tell us more about what that clarity looked like? It, what did it look like? Um, like, how did, how, how did it show up the next day? Or feel like? Yeah, what did it feel uh, like? Definitely, definitely felt like a load was gone. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like, and I'm like, wow, like, and I guess look like was how I like perceive things. Mm. Right. Because before that, it was like the lens of victim. And then, and then this new lens was like, oh, like anything was like possible. It was like that kind of lens. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what was the next one? What was the next one? <laughs> yeah, I don't. That was the clearest one. Whereas the other ones were like kind of like very incremental um, in terms of shifting. Um, I guess the next one would have been uh, last, probably like last six years or something, where it was more now around like self expression. Mm-hmm. And going through um, like going through a breakup and then going into like another depression, but then realizing that I just wasn't fully self-expressive in who I was. And then at the company that I used to work for, um, this was at uh, a, like a big corporate in Canada, and they gave us like executive leadership training. And it was like a two-day session. And at first I was like, oh, you're going to just like talk leadership to us. But instead, we just spent two days meditating. Wow. Because they said that in order for us to be great leaders, we have to know ourselves. And, and like, that like clicked for me. I was like, oh, I get it. Um, and then after that experience, I then went to seek out um, other like circles of support that mm-hmm. like focused on like self-expression and like working on like the layers of be it trauma and suffering that I've collected over the years um, and to like break through these things that maybe stopping me from being who I am truly. So after that experience with the company, then I went and um, I didn't find it. It found me where it was a like a men's group <clears throat> that allowed men like a safe space to like practice authenticity work on things like uh, what are our traumas? How do we, how do we like, like work on them? So by being part of organizations like this has really helped me continue this incremental transformation on a regular basis. Wow, thank you. And I'm, I'm curious, mm-hmm. um, like your caregiving mm-hmm. of your, your brother, yeah. 
How is that like? What do you do? What? Yeah. Um. So, as like a sibling caregiver, uh, I've noticed that a lot of times, um, a lot of us siblings are forgotten sometimes because we're like the able. So we're there to like support the family in any way, shape, or form. Um, in terms of like what I do for my brother, I I think I've taken on because for many years I've been like looking out for him um, as his older brother. Um, so I've taken on more like a, at times brother, but then at times I'm like his father too, where I'm there to like tell him like oh. These are things you need to think about, and he would get frustrated at me because I'm lecturing him a lot. And it wasn't really until when my brother got um, really uh, his health got really bad in the last two years ago, where I realized that I couldn't like fix what he was going through because every time I tried to like fix mm. his anxiety and his depression and all that. It just got worse, not only for him but for me.、Mm. And the lesson for me was like, oh, I just need to be with him, not be his brother fixing his problems, and rather just like being present with him, and yeah, just being. That that was my lesson because for many years, watching my mom,、um, watching my mom's partner, even watching my grandma because she also took care of my uncles. They were really good at like doing piece, like the doing as a as a caregiver. And so, typically, my auto- automatic self would turn to that in times of need.、Um, but then it wasn't until I was burning out、uh, in my brother's worst of times that I realized, okay, this is not working. So, what do I need to do to like not burn myself out and not make him even worse?、Mm-hmm. And it was just around just being present. Um, listening to him, or not even say anything at all, just like sitting with him, and、uh, and miraculously, like we were able to identify his anxiety、um, last May, and and then he just like transformed, like better than before, like better better than before his anxiety too, which is like incredible. Um, so for me, the biggest lesson as a sibling caregiver was: ah, I just need to be with my brother. I don't need to go fix anything. If he needs something, he'll let me know. Even in his anxiety,、um, I just had to like be with him.、And、yes, I had to like do stuff, but just be. That、yeah. was like the key lesson for me. There's a nature of effortless in this.、Um, it sounds like the, his transformation wasn't heavy lifting when you're in the state of being. There's a fine line, right? Because there's a part of me, and I could see that in my like mom and her partner. That it's like we still want to do, because when we see our loved one suffering, typically that's like the automatic,、mm-hmm. right?、Yeah. It's like I'm just gonna do because I don't know what else to do, and I'm scared. Yeah. So all I want to do is fix、mm. as a caregiver, right?、Um, and so it was a hard lesson. Um, How did you make the change? Part, Imagine it was very difficult. So part of it, I'm. I have to thank like my men's my my men's group. Right. 
because in that space, I was able to like say like, I'm really struggling right, right now. For sure. um, and so by like hearing out from the other men that I respect, they're like, fuck, you just be with your brother. Like there mm-hmm. is no more things you can actually do because mm-hmm. you've done everything you can. And that was hard to accept too, to say like, what do you mean I can't do anything more? Right. Um, yeah. That's really beautiful. It's it's a hard it's a hard lesson that Jenny and I go through actually this week. <laughs> we talk about like it is very hard when you have loved ones and you want the best for them. You see a path for them and all this stuff and 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 this acceptance of okay, well, this is the life experience that they're gonna have, you're gonna have, and. And how do you all have it? And all like and it's this acceptance. I get it. <laughs> it's it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Yeah. Because because we love them so much, we want mm-hmm. the best. So we do. We try to do. When in reality, that person just really needs us to be. And 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 another thing that I learned was like, I could do everything that will give like um every opportunity for my brother to be like well mm-hmm. and then everything else will be up to him right to decide on like like he feels that this is the best for him right so as his brother i could give him all that thing so like when he was going through his health it's like oh i'm gonna fight to get all the uh proper health support that he needs but then in the end he needs to decide if he wants to like, get better. And um, all this is very easily said than done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is easily, yeah. easily said than done, yeah, for sure. And if you told your former self mm-hmm. or your younger self mm-hmm. that was that was taking care of your brother in very effortful ways, what would you tell him to do or be? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, Terrence... Just be. <laughs> and I'll probably fight back. <laughs> no. <laughs> but really, it was just be. And be okay with all the emotions, too, that I was mm. experiencing. Um, and the thing, the part that helped me the most was being able to, like, openly express how I was feeling mm. to as many people as I can. Um, because the lesson that I learned was... Um, because I had two family members that uh, died by suicide um, about like over a decade ago now. And what I learned in that moment was we didn't talk about it. So as a family, we did not talk about it. It was like just hidden away. So when my brother was experiencing this and he also talked about suicide, I was like, okay, like we need to talk about this as a family. Mm-hmm. As as uncomfortable it is to talk about it was like forcing the dialogue so that like we allow and like acknowledge the emotions that we're all facing. Cause when I brought up to my extended family, I was like, Oh, this is my brother, like Torrance's decision. My brother's name's Torrance, by the way. Um, the people were triggered, right? They're, because they didn't talk about it from the previous instances when they heard it, they got so upset. Right. And 
So to me, this was healthy that like now we're all talking about it mm. um, and we were all like allowing these like emotions to like come through us. Um, there were definitely like a lot of tears shed. There was a lot of like anger and like listening to each other. So there were definitely a lot of that. Um, so to be, to have been able, at least for myself, to like express those emotions and to like say what I had to say to not only my brother, but my mom and all our extended family about what was going on was definitely like healing for me yeah. to not just like keep it in. Right. For sure. Yeah. Like the imagery I get in my head when you say that is kind of like everyone carries around a backpack with yeah. weights, like emotional weight, mental yeah. weight, all this stuff. And any uncomfortable situation adds more weight to this backpack. Yep. And what you're saying is just like, all right, like there is a backpack and it has stuff in it. Um, let's open it up or put it down. Yeah, let's open it up and discover what these things are as uh, uncomfortable as they are. Because as we carry more of this, it's just going to get heavier and heavier in, in our lives. So, um, yeah. It must be, I mean, I can't even imagine. I just, we're all Asian, like in an Asian family, <laughs> yeah. my own family too, to like say, okay, like this is difficult, this is uncomfortable, we're going to talk about it. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I like watch my mom and her partner and my like aunts and uncles body language like i could see they were so <laughs> uncomfortable it's like they were squirming and wanted to run away as we like start talking about things like suicide and death and like all that type of stuff because yeah, yeah living chinese family people are very superstitious right so sure. to keep like chipping away to say like okay no we have to talk about this um at least for myself, it's made a difference. Um, yeah. How did you keep them there? <laughs> and how did you even bring them together? <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of like the glue in the family. And actually, I guess that's a gift of mine where I love bringing people together. Um, so my family trusts me, mm. right? Um, so in the moments of difficulty, I've been able to like have difficult conversations even with my uncles and aunts. Um, so, and I guess they trust me enough to have that conversation with me. Um, and so it was like during family dinners or like when we gather together, we would have these kind of talks or when they come visit, mm -hmm. when they like want to come visit my brother, that's when we'll, I'll take advantage of them being here to like have these kind of conversations. Um, yeah, so I would just take any, any opportunity uh, to just, since they're sitting there, I'm like, okay, let's, let's talk. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious how, what kind of self-care, what kind of things do you have to do to actually do that um, and, 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 and go through it with it? Not just like, all right, like there's a family gathering coming up and I want to have this conversation, but like, how do you... What do you do so that you are be so that you could actually face that? Um, so one is um, so men's group definitely helps uh, each week. Like I have a space where I'm able to not only talk about like what I'm like afraid of, but then also hear back in terms of like is what I'm thinking true, <laughs> and be like challenged on these like narratives that I may have. 
And then, and it really gives me the like confidence that like I'm stepping out back into the world to like be truly who I am so that Mm -hmm. I can have these difficult conversations. So to me, that's one area of self-care that I know I have a space to just like, oh, this is, this is truly who I am. I'm just in a place to practice that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one would just be like going out for walks, uh, just like changing the environment that I'm in. Because I know that when my brother was really like not well, and I also took about a year and a, a year and a bit off work to like care for him. Like in those moments as like in the doing mode, um, I just had to like step away and the easiest was to, for me to like walk around, like go to the park and just like walk and get some breather and then to come back. Um, so those would be my self-care. Um, yeah. yeah. Great. I'm, I'm curious, um, <laughs> you, uh, you had mentioned earlier uh, at the very beginning that you, you know, when you were a kid, you felt like your identity was always to support the family or to mm-hmm. support the brother. Yeah. Um, and even in hearing you sharing these stories, I can, I can see that come to life. And I guess what, what I'm curious about is, how, has, how do you think these experiences have shaped you as an in- individual outside of your relationship with your family? Oh, it shaped me a lot <laughs> in terms of, um, like, say like taking care of people but like being very aware of others Mm -hmm. um has definitely shaped me like in in the work that i do in the circle of friends that i have like typically i am the person that like brings people together uh, because of my like awareness of like yeah we need to stick together so that we're stronger together um yeah, so I definitely see that impact of me as like a sibling caregiver uh, growing up um, and how I show up in like all these different areas of my life. Yeah. Yeah, like what you're saying, like when you say you like connecting people, yep. it's like a bridge in itself is is, is an identity um, mm-hmm. and, and that you've embraced that. I have, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually curious what you do now, <laughs> uh, given this kind of like ex- uh, this rich um, experiences that you. Okay, talking about yeah, doing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> In the present. In the present. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, I guess professionally, um, the company that I work with right now, we develop. We use technology as a way to create independence uh, and improve quality of life for people with disabilities and aging. So that's what I'm doing right now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And so I guess for, for others, so we're almost at the end of our time, mm-hmm. but for others who are perhaps on their own caregiving journeys, yeah. um, what, what advice would you give them? Great question. So I'd say that, one, you're not alone. Because a lot of times as like caregivers, uh, I notice that even, even like watching my mom and watching my aunt, who's also caregiving for my cousin, is that 
uh, we tend to like isolate ourselves, thinking like, oh, it's it's our own experience. Like no one else understands. Mm. So to me, what I found most valuable is uh, going out and like meeting others that are maybe not in the same like state of caregiving, but has experienced it and um, like a safe place to like talk about it. Like to me, that is critical. And I know for caregivers, like be it parent caregivers or even sibling caregivers, there's actually a lot of uh, different groups out there for support um, that I would highly recommend caregivers to seek out. Uh, just having that space to talk with others to say, hey, like, I, I understand you. Like, I get you. I see you. Because I'm going through the same thing. Makes a, it's a world of a difference. Yeah. Um, so I would say that is, like, very important. Like, just finding a circle of support beyond just the family and the friends. Because I know growing up, at times, I feel like, oh, my friends don't understand me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to these, like, different circles of support, it's like, oh, like, oh, you get me. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Right? <laughs> uh, and then we could talk about, like, oh, so what do you do to, right, to help your sibling or your family? Yeah. And that makes a big difference. So I would say that's one of the key things. You, you, you actually mentioned your men's group a few times yeah. um, in our conversation. Yeah. Um, how, how did you go about finding them? So it, it found me, really. So I remember I was driving in the car with my high school friend and... We're talking, talking, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, Terrence, um, I want you to come to this thing. I don't know how to describe it to you, but I think you're going to like it. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's exactly how he sold it to me. And I said to him, like, David, I trust you. Uh, okay. And then he brought me to, like, a session. And after the session, I was like, where has this been all my life? Um, and I've been part of it since. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, I Yeah. So finding groups like that, right. um, I think it's definitely extremely important for caregivers and, and also for men, too. Yeah. Yeah, like having like men, giving men a space to feel safe enough to say, like, okay, like there are things happening in my life that I don't know where to turn to. And having the wisdom of other men to say, like, okay, like, you're, my experience is not unique. This is what we, we experience, too. And... Um, and yeah, just having that safe space makes a world of a difference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I know even through my own partner, my own partner's experience that finding groups of men to pour your heart out and share how you feel and, and how it's going really is, is a challenging thing to come across. It is, it is. Yeah. Because yeah. we may have our group of friends, yeah. but sometimes we still feel reserved to share all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so being able to find like a group of men that intentionally were there for that purpose mm-hmm. yeah, makes such a big difference. And what I notice is that then I'm able to take what I've been practicing and learning from that into the rest of my life. That way now I could have that same kind of like vulnerability with my like core group of friends. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm like, okay, yeah, this is who I am. Um, and whatever like stories I tell myself that my friends don't understand me, they're just stories that I'm telling myself. Because if my friends really care and love me, then they will listen to me. And it's, it's shown up that way. Yeah. Great. Wow, thank you. I, we have reached our half an hour. 
Um, but I want to talk to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> this was this yeah. was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for thank sharing. you for having me. Yeah, you're such a loving and kind person, and it's it's I, for to be a male caregiver and also in a man men group. I know of other men group as well, and it, the the kinds of people that go to men group really it's 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 really cool to see the possibility of men having having this kind relating to the world in this way yeah yeah and it's definitely a piece that's missing in community building right now right whereas when we look at our i guess like ancestors where mm -hmm. circles like men and women circles existed before mm -hmm. right as a sense of like community right and support and all that like we're definitely missing that in big cities yeah. so men's group bringing sort of this like tool that our own ancestors use back into the modern world is yeah like awesome <laughs> like thank yeah. you for mentioning it too yeah is in this podcast it's it'd be great for actually other men and women to hear this mm -hmm. yeah. yeah well maybe one day we can host the circle of hammocks oh <laughs> yes yes do it <laughs> I'm game too <laughs> I love the hammock thank you <laughs> alright well thanks Terrence thank you, thank thank you so, so much. much for being here wow thank you Terrence what a privilege and an honor that you were able to come on our hammock and share your story it's so rare to meet someone who's a man and a caregiver and talks about men's circles. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and opening up in our podcast. So listeners, thank you again for tuning in to our podcast. We're definitely in our early days and um, we were so appreciate of all the things that you can be doing with your time and all the podcasts you're listening to that you're tuning into Hammock Stories. And we really, really would love your feedback. So please go online at hammockstories.com and let us know what you think definitely give us feedback and if you have any hero in your life that you would think could could be served by being on a hammock and sharing their story please let us know and definitely subscribe to our podcast there's several episodes coming up that we surely enjoyed interviewing our, our everyday heroes and we'd love to share those stories with you. And as always, we hope that this podcast reminds you of a way that you can just be, that you're not alone and whatever you're going through, there's others that are going through the same thing. And um, as a community, as Taryn says, it's less lonely when we know that all of us are going through some tough things so if you have a hammock or if you go get a hammock definitely um, try it out let us know share share your stories of how you enjoy being in a hammock and um, we'll see you soon Three things,